Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share the review of the month. And this review is from Elizabeth. So good in caps. Love this podcast. This podcast is full of inspiration and education. If you are in the social media space or want to make an impact with your business, bringing it to Instagram, Natasha is your person. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I really appreciate your review. And thank you so much for tuning into the show. Your reviews and DMs seriously mean the world to me and help support this show. So thank you. And if you have a few minutes, I would love to hear from you in the reviews on Apple Podcasts. It absolutely means the world to me. And I'm loving to hear, you know, what guests you're liking, what topics you like, and what you want to hear more of. So now let's get into today's episode. It's going to be a good one. Well, I'm so excited to have Kat here with me today. We kind of actually connected on Instagram. We were talking about conferences, talking about reviews. So when you were really excited to join me on the podcast to kind of dive into how conferences can be really great investments and really great opportunities for business owners, I was so stoked. So thank you for being here with me. Thanks, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to chat more all about conferences and events. They're like the next big thing. They're the next big wave of how to market your business, in my opinion. Mm, Yes, I completely agree. And I can't wait to dive into that. But first, I kind of want you to brief over your journey because you're a graphic designer, content planning expert, and you're the founder of The Content Planner. But how did you get there? And how did you then get into the event space? And how did that journey kind of evolve for you? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kat Gaskin. I'm the creator and founder of The Content Planner, which is a physical planning system for your blog and online content. And I first started back in 2012. So I'm not new to this girl boss, boss babe, entrepreneur, self-employed life. I've been in the game for a while now and it's completely changed. For example, when I first started... I would go to conferences and events and it would be like a 20 to one ratio of men to women because I was in the graphic design and web design space. Now you can go to events that are filled with like women who are exactly like you, which is such a cool shift to see. And I actually got started working nine to five at, of all places, the College of Physiotherapists. I have no background in physiotherapy, (laughs) but... When I graduated, I had this dream of getting a full-time job, working, you know, nine to five, wearing adult clothes and commuting on the train. So it was very different than my dreams right now. And I secured my first desk job. But after a while, I realized that it, it just wasn't for me. There was that little tiny voice in the back of my head whispering, Kat, like you are meant for something so much bigger and your creativity is being completely underutilized. So 
that's when I first set the goal of wanting to work for myself. And you also have to remember in 2011, freelancers and working for yourself was not trendy. It was not something that was very popular or even having people contracted out. It was a budding industry. So I didn't have access to all the resources that we do now, but I planned and I saved for a year and a half. It did not happen overnight. I didn't just decide one day that I would quit my job and change careers. It took a lot of planning and goal setting and saving, of course, because I didn't want to be broke (laughs) as soon as I quit my Mm -hmm. job. Uh, So it took a year and a half. And I always want people to remember that because everyone's journey is different. Everyone's journey has different timing. And for me, it took a year and a half to get to a point where I was okay with quitting and I was comfortable enough. So October 2012 was day one of Salty Pineapple, which is my personal brand. And at the time, it was the name of my graphic design business. So October 2012 comes around, Salty Pineapple is in full swing. And I was like, okay, what the hell do I do now? Like I can, (laughs) I'm my own boss. I have no one to answer to but me. And that's when I got into Instagram. So Instagram was my main platform. It's how I built up my personal brand. It's how I connected with clients and started getting into photography and content creation, Instagram marketing. So from around 2013 up until today, I've been on Instagram creating content working with other brands, whether it's blogging for them, shooting photos, coming up with social strategies. And throughout that entire period, I was planning my content, but just without the content planner because it didn't exist until Mm -hmm. 2016. So between that time of 2012 to 2016, I was like, man, I need a planner. I I just want a paper planner where I can write down what I'm going to post, where I'm going to post, when I'm going to post, because I want to be more strategic with my Instagram content. For example, I want to use these hashtags to target this community. I want to tag these brands in my photo so they can notice me and like the photo. So all of those strategies that I learned in those four years, I put into the content planner. And when I first thought up the idea, it was something that I needed for myself as a creator and someone who is in content and marketing and who's obsessed with Instagram. So I went on Google and I tried to look up, you know, content planner, but I couldn't find one. So I decided to design one. I have zero experience in e-commerce and marketing and business. It is all self-taught and I'm the kind of person who loves learning. So I dove head first and fast forward to today, which is 2020. And I've now launched four versions of the planner and every year it's sold out and it's on its way to selling out again for the fourth time. And I'm just about to hit half a million in sales on Shopify. That is absolutely amazing. And I love how you really highlighted that everyone's journey looks different because I feel like you can easily see that, you know, you quit your job overnight and then you instantly have a successful business. But for some people, it takes a few years and you need that security and you need that transition. So I think it's just so beautiful to see how that has evolved into the six figure e commerce business that you have today. Yeah, it's been a long journey. Like from 2012 to now, that's eight years. And I think a lot of people now become obsessed with being in a rush and being impatient. But they have to understand that once you dive into this thing called working for yourself or being self employed, like you're in it for the long run. 
And it's a journey. It's, it's a marathon, not a race. You're there putting one foot in front of the other. And where you're at today might not necessarily be where you're going to be at a year from now or two years from now. And that's what excites me most about what I do is you kind of wake up with the excitement of all the opportunities that are going to come your way. Cause you never know like that one email that could change everything or that one customer that could change everything. That's for me, what, what's the most exciting part about it. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably how you started to take, you know, the content planner and then that evolved into an idea of let's have in-person workshops and host events. So kind of what did that look like when you were like, I want to host in-person events. How were you able to figure this out? What was the first event like? Yes. So with the content planner, it was always an e-commerce brand. I never really got to interact with my customers because my warehouse isn't like, I don't ship the planners anymore. And I've outsourced everything to the point where I can simply travel and run my business from my phone and my laptop. So when the idea of a workshop came into play, I'd already been doing random events here and there for other brands, talking about Instagram and content planning. And it dawned on me, I'm like, why don't I just have my own signature content planning workshop? Because I was going to so many workshops as well and getting really frustrated because they would call it a quote unquote workshop, but I would never actually work, Mm. which made no sense to me because I signed up for a workshop, but I'm actually leaving with nothing. I'm yes, I'm leaving with a bunch of notes, but what did I get done? Was I productive? Did I actually work on something? And that's when the idea of the content planner workshop happened. I have no experience again in (laughs) event planning, running workshops and all of that. So I did what I do with the content planner all the time. I took to Instagram and I asked my community what they wanted and I listened. So what I did was posted a few stories. I used the poll feature to say, okay, what date do you want? How long should it be? What time should it start? What should the format be? Would you like it in a central location in the city? Or do you want me to take it outside in suburbia? And I just let them pick exactly what they wanted for the workshop. I looked at the answers and I designed my workshop, which first happened last July according to what they told me and what the most popular answers were. So that sold out because I just created what people needed and what they told me they wanted. And it happened in Toronto. It was a two-day event. So people came into a co-working space here in Toronto and we actually planned in our content planners together while also learning my best strategies when it comes to content marketing, hashtag strategy, what it's like to collaborate with people and to pitch yourself to different brands. I basically teach people what I've learned in the past eight years, being a graphic designer, content creator, and now an e-commerce business owner. And that's when the workshop took off. I was like, wow, I could take this everywhere. I It's just me and my slides and my knowledge. Because my community is global, I decided to take this to the States. So I've done a Toronto workshop. I've done a Palm Springs. It was more of a retreat style. So I booked this like beautiful luxury mansion in the middle of Palm Springs, California. And we stayed overnight and the workshop was a part of that. And then I also did one on Maui and I have plans to do Calgary, Vancouver, Miami, and New York. 
So I'm learning as I go, just like I do with the content planner and I'm tweaking it as I go. But the workshops have become this really incredible product where I'm able to give my customers an in-person experience of my brand because I'm my brand. Like, yes, people like the planner, but I think they also really like the planner because of what it stands for. And they enjoy hearing from me and like seeing my face and seeing how I plan using my own product. So the content planner workshop for my customers who already buy the planner, it's the next step. It's like the next step towards really creating a community in person. Mm -hmm. And especially with an e-commerce business, you never really get to see your customers. So when I got to gather all of them in one room together and they were like holding my product, Mm. that for me was an unforgettable moment. Oh, I'm sure it was so special. And I think, you know, you really define success a lot of the times with brands nowadays is just making it so personal, which I feel like these events do that for your brand. And I'm sure not only is it very rewarding to see, you know, everyone using your planners, but I love how you focus on really them leaving with something very tangible because I've been to workshops as well, where it's like, you're going to do this and this, but you kind of, they just talk about it. You don't actually leave with it completed. So how have you kind of structured your workshops to make sure that that is actually what happens? Yeah. So the way that the two-day workshop is formatted is it's split into two days and there's different lessons for each day. And then each lesson includes a learning component and then a doing component. So I'm going to teach you my hashtag strategy and now you're going to actually do it and put it into place while I walk around and answer your questions and help you in terms of your specific business. So we also cover hit lists and collaborations, which a hit list for me, is something a term I created that defines your list of dream clients and brands and people that you want to partner with because collaboration is key. If you want to mm-hmm. grow and you're just starting out, but you have no money, you can collaborate with people. And we're all looking to partner with people who have similar communities, just like us. Like we're doing this podcast, we're collaborating, and we're going to introduce each other to our own communities. So you'll also learn about content planning. So how to take all of those content ideas that you have and piece them together into a content strategy so that you can sell and inspire action in your business, get people to subscribe or buy from you or hire you or work with you. Like content is so powerful nowadays. Everything's online and it really, really matters now how you're showing up and what you're saying for your customers. So I wanted to be able to, yes, teach my attendees, but also guide them through their planning. Mm -hmm. Because with the content planner, Uh, There's a lot of people who buy it, but they feel scared or overwhelmed once they actually open the planner. So I want to be able to, you know, hover over their shoulder and be like, okay, now write your name, write your name on the first page. Like it's okay. Okay. If you make a mistake. (laughs) It's sometimes just taking that first step can be just so intimidating. So I'm sure you often see that people are, you're getting more completion results anyway. Like people are actually using the entire planner because they came, they learned how to use it. They kind of got over their biggest fears with it. So 
I absolutely just love that. And it kind of got me thinking. So when you're hosting these events, you're having to rent the space, you're having to provide everything. I mean, there's so much that's included besides just your time and energy. So how do you make sure an event is not only you know successful, but that you're not losing money from it, that you're actually profiting from it? Yeah, that's a great question because I know that there are a lot of people out there who do events, but they don't make them profitable. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because I'm in business for myself to make money. I'm not, this is not a labor of love. Okay. This is something where I want to profit and pay myself and make a living from it. So mm-hmm. I always try to budget beforehand. That's so key when it comes to figuring out your expenses. The biggest expense that I found is always the space. So the actual space you're going to be holding your events in. And what I've tried to do is partner with spaces that will benefit from me bringing people to their space. So co-working spaces work really well, office spaces, and brands that are very similar to the content planner because all of my people are self-employed. They're online business owners. They can work from wherever. So I found that partnering with spaces either in exchange for exposure, or maybe they give me a discount if they can promote their space. Like Again, this goes back to collaborations. It's a really key part in events because once people experience your brand or your space in person, they're more likely to come back. And I find that a lot of event spaces these days struggle to even get people in their space. So if you can offer that benefit to people, why not present the offer to them? Hmm. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing of partnerships and collaborations is just always making sure it's mutually beneficial. Like you noted that, you know, both parties are getting something out of it. So I think that's really smart when budgeting. I wanted to take a quick break from those mic drop moments to share an amazing free resource to help your biz shine on Instagram. Tasha's toolbox and strategy kit includes 30 tools for creative and strategic content on Instagram, including my best tips, strategies, and practices for growing on the gram. This resource includes a dimensions cheat sheet to let you know everything you need for creating graphics on social media, along with a lingo guide that breaks down any Instagram terms or words you may hear me using. So to download this freebie, go to soulstudiomarketing.com slash toolbox, or we've linked it in the show notes for you. Now let's get back into the episode. That also kind of got me thinking, you know, so we connected, we were talking about your conference reviews. You Mm -hmm. were reviewing a conference and I had just come from speaking and attending at a conference. And I think it's really important for us to share our honest experiences with these types of events because you can kind of see the hype behind it. You can see the big name behind it and those types of things. But you're really wondering, like, is this worth thousands, hundreds of dollars? Because by the time you travel and get your hotel and get the ticket, you want to make sure that you're making your investment from it. So when you're looking at events and you're reviewing them yourself as an attendee, what are some things you kind of look at, especially since you have kind of a very specific eye for events since you host them yourself too? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I'm going to be honest with you. Nowadays, it's it's really hard to differentiate between, is this event going to give me value? Am I going to enjoy it? Or am I just falling victim to a pretty sales page? Mm -hmm. Or yes, I see myself in their Instagram posts. So I'm going to assume that the crowd is the same way. So 
How I like to gauge is finding people who went and asking them what they thought through DMs, like not through anything public because you know this too. Some people don't post their authentic, (laughs) true (laughs) opinions and there's no way to differentiate between it. So my first step to figuring out whether an event is worth it or not is I ask people like, what did you think? Do you think this would be right for me? Like, would you change anything? Did you find your investment paid off? And if you can't ask anyone or find someone who's attended before, look on their sales page or their registration page. If they don't have reviews and testimonials from like 10 people who look different, who are diverse, Mm -hmm. who come from different business backgrounds, who are located all over the world, then you have to tread lightly. You can't just be hearing from one lens all the time and hearing Mm -hmm. from like the same type of person all the time because it's really easy to fake it. And I think for me, that's that's what the most frustrating thing is, is having this barrier, especially when you're just starting out because my business is very new. I've only been in business now for like three, four years. So for me, I have to go the extra mile to convince people, yes, you're going to get insane value from this workshop. So my sales page is on point. I have video testimonials. I can show you the results of all my attendees. I have pretty photos. I have coverage. I have a description of what's going to be included and it's priced accordingly. So yes, you can have all of that in place, but I always like to look for actual results from people. And then at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to take a hit, like take a risk, attend. And okay, if the content and experience didn't pay off for you, you can still meet people. You know, there are still people there. Make your ticket and make your attendance work for you and make that investment pay off at the bare minimum. For me, whenever I go to conferences or events, I'm there to network and meet people who will buy my product or Mm. want me to speak on their podcast, or maybe they want me to speak at the actual event that I'm attending. So if you buying a ticket means you're going to get in front of the person who's running the actual event and you can talk to them in person, then okay, you got paid off from the investment that you made for the ticket, but don't just sit there by yourself and don't talk to anyone. Like, Use that opportunity. Don't let it go to waste. Yes, I so agree with that. I always tell people like, you know, a conference can be good or bad, but it really is the energy that you put into it because you can make amazing connections and leave inspired with a new idea and a new perspective. Like, I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, when I'm listening to podcasts or something like that, for example, I always get a new idea or something. And I feel like conferences is like that times like 10. So I think it can be worth it. And just like you said, if you're wanting to get into speaking, I just love to watch the other speakers sometimes and get ideas for my presentations and get ideas for business cards. So I do agree. Like there's a lot of ways you can kind of make the best out of it, but you know, there are always those events where it's like, Oh, I wish I could have gotten like something more tangible from it. And I'm kind of curious if you have any like events that stand out to you that were either really bad and you were just disappointed with them or that were really good ones and stand out amongst the rest. Yeah, this is such a funny comparison to me, but the first one that I really, really loved. So it's put on by Ace Class and they're based in Calgary, Alberta. And the organizer's name is Mandy Balick. She's incredible. She's also one of my friends now because I spoke at their last conference. The conference is called Rise. Okay. It's called Rise by by Ace (laughs) Class. She actually has the name trademarked in Canada. Interesting. <laughs> so 
Yeah. So I attended the first rise last year in Calgary. And from a speaker's perspective, I was treated like pure royalty. And from that specific event, I've made so many business connections as well as people that I still stay in contact with. And my Calgary presence is a lot stronger now because I spoke there and I also did a workshop. Nice. So yes, I was a speaker. I also sold my product there, but I was also there to network and connect with people. Like I met my new product manager and I was like, what back when I was thinking in February about who I could hire, I was like, how am I going to find someone who can help me with third-party logistics, who can help with my customs and brokerage and all that, that side of the business. And I met Sarah at Rise. I was sitting beside her at the dinner. So that for me was a really great community. And Mandy has done such a great job at curating that sense of togetherness and just getting people in a room who are so diverse, like they have such different backgrounds, but she curated a speaker list that hit all the marks for me. So that for me is one of my best experiences in terms of a conference and a multiple day in-person experience. And then if we want to go on the other side of things, like the one that I disliked the most, which coincidentally also (laughs) called Rise. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Also called Rise by Rachel Hollis. So she's, you know, New York Times bestseller. She started as a mom blogger. She's huge in the marketing and business space as well Mm -hmm. as the blogging space. And she's now an author. So I had the privilege of going to her event here in Toronto a few weeks ago, actually. And I wanted to go because I wanted to experience her in person. I'm not a huge follower of hers, but I know what she's doing and she's really, really like successful at what she does. And she's really good at what she does. So it being in Toronto, I was like, you know, this is my city. I have to go. I have to be there. Like whoever attends this, those are my people. So at the bare minimum, um, maybe I can meet some like future customers Mm -hmm. or networks. So I decided to attend and it was a three-day event. And I don't know, I went in with an open mind and an open heart because I had seen it on social media and, you know, I saw the jumping up and down and I saw the dancing and I saw the like light shows and smoke. And I was like, Mm. okay, what am I getting myself into? I'm just gonna, (laughs) just gonna dive head first. Like what, what's the worst that could possibly happen? So I went in, I did the full three days. I tried to stay for as long as I could tolerate. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, this is what it's like actually from Mm. someone who looks like me and someone who has my own experiences. So I shared my review on my Instagram and it took off. Like I started receiving a ton of messages from women saying, wow, Kat, like thanks so much for posting that. I actually agree with all the things you didn't like about that Mm. conference, but I was too afraid to share it or I was too afraid to speak up because nobody else had ever said that before. Yeah. So that was a really, it was a really fascinating experience, I would say. Yeah, (laughs) that's really interesting that so many people agreed and just were afraid to say anything about it, essentially. Yeah, because I mean, I think, and it depends on the brand, but sometimes there are brands where they just look up to the person so much Mm. or the person becomes 
so successful that yeah. they're afraid to say anything bad. And then, you know, a hench mob or lynch mob or whatever <laughs> might come and get you. And, you right. know, like you just don't want to be that person. And I tried to be as, um, to play devil's advocate and just to be as fair and yeah. honest as I could and just say, you know what? I didn't like it and that's okay. If you don't agree with me, then you don't need to slide in my DMs and convince me otherwise. Exactly. It's my own opinion. We can agree to disagree, but I'm going to share my experience because who knows? Maybe they might see it and improve for the future. Mm-hmm. Or maybe someone who is running events like this will take my feedback and say, those are really valid points. And now yeah. I'm going to try to not do what this person is doing, you know? Absolutely. I agree with that. And I kind of like when I was thinking of your review when you when you had posted it and I had gotten back from my event, I was kind of thinking like it's almost like with events, like they're kind of like books. Like I feel like there's really bad books and there's really good books, but like we might yeah. not like the same good book and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So but the cover's really things, pretty. Yes, the cover's pretty. It might have some reviews. Yeah, priced <laughs> right, you know, and there might be these appealing factors, but you know, like Rachel's Hollis books, for example, might not be for me, but I also know people that really enjoy that book and that's okay too. So I think like, I'm really glad that you kind of brought that conversation up. Um, but also just being respectful where it's like, yes, it, it totally might be good for you because Rachel is amazing. Like we can't deny she's an incredible businesswoman oh, yeah, and absolutely. an incredible speaker too. Um, she's it's just kind of dumb, Oh yeah. She's like, I mean, stage presence, 10 out of 10, really great. So content not so much (laughs) yes maybe not so much um and that kind of even got me thinking alt summit and cream cultivate were the two biggest ones that i've been to and cream cultivate was kind of like at the beginning of my business journey so i'm curious how my review might look different now that i kind of have my bearings a lot more but that was one thing i really appreciate about cream cultivate is i did feel like it was so diverse in so many ways like not only were there women of color there was a lot of diversity and where people were from, but also what people did. And you think of Create and Cultivate and you think of kind of just like being the CEO and this boss, but I kind of loved that there were people that loved working for their startups or that were just really happy with side hustling. And it kind of, even though like I connected with a lot of people and we all did Instagram, but we did Instagram in different ways. And it was kind of nice to get that different perspective and network with people that weren't necessarily all just full-time and stuff like that. And I, I did feel really inspired by by the speakers and everything. So I did enjoy that. And as for Alt Summit, I feel like it's so good, but like too good. Like Mm -hmm. it's like four entire days and three locations and there are events happening at every hour, like multiple events. So it's just like impossible to not feel like you're missing out. And then you're kind of like burning yourself out because you're trying to go to this location. You're trying to go to this location. You're trying to craft and you're trying to network and you're trying to learn. So it almost is kind of like they've tried to do so much that I'm like, is it like, can you actually get a lot out of it without feeling overwhelmed or like you're not getting a lot out of it? Um, so those are like my mini reviews. I feel like yours were really good, but I think, I think it's just interesting to talk about all these events that people have heard of and, and what are really good things and what are things to consider and, and how they can really be better for future events. Yeah. And 
thanks for those reviews because I have also wanted to go to Create Cultivate and to Alt Summit. They just haven't made their way up north. And I've also wanted to speak there. Like that would be an ideal place for me to be on stage. So hey, anyone's listening. Yes, put it <laughs> out there. The events, <laughs> holler. Yes, definitely. You'd be an amazing speaker at both of those. And that kind of leads me into another topic is speakers, because I know a lot of my audience, you know, they want to get into speaking and educating on a stage, but they're kind of unsure of where to start and how to get that stage present. So as for being a speaker yourself, like what do you think makes a great speaker for other people that you've seen in stages? And maybe what are some tips or hacks that you use yourself when you're putting together your presentations? That's a really great question. And for the record, I don't identify as a public speaker. So I have a a little bit of a different story. I just started getting on stage one day. People would ask me, because of my expertise and experience with the content planner, they would just email me and say, hey, Kat, do you want to speak at our event? And I would say, yes. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you just say yes now and figure it out as you go. And the one thing and the one tool that really helped me with how I speak and fitting so much information in a smaller amount of words was Instagram stories. And a lot of people don't realize how powerful the tool can be. But for two years prior, I was on Instagram stories practicing First of all, I was really bad at it when I started out. <laughs> like anyone, I mean, Me too. <laughs> who's, who's perfect at something on the first try? Yeah. But if you think about it, Instagram stories allows you to look eye to eye into your camera. You can see yourself and you have to fit as much information as possible into 15 second intervals. So that's where I got really good at talking about my business and forming thoughts and ideas on the fly. Then I started doing Instagram lives. Periscope was a thing for like a small period of time. (laughs) So I also did that too. And doing video conferencing and online videos, that's what helped me get more confident with my public speaking to the point where I was like, yeah, I could stand on stage and talk about this because I knew that it was something I knew really well. Like put me on a stage right now. I could talk about content planning for five hours. Exactly. And that's the key to a good public speaker is they have to live and breathe what they're talking about. You can automatically send someone who has no idea what they're talking about on stage if they're just not excited or they're not passionate about it, or they don't have examples or stories or relatable anecdotes and ideas. And you just know, you just know within the first few minutes if you like them or not. And for me, public speaking, not that it's a natural talent, but a lot of people have told me that, oh, like you just seem so calm, cool and collected up there. And I know for me, whenever I get on stage, I get really excited because it's an opportunity for me to talk about my business and make money and share my story and bigger picture thinking growing up and being in this space. I was never able to see anyone who looks like me on a stage, Mm. period. I was never able to have that woman who I can, you know, call my secret mentor or call my secret coach or look up to. It was always someone who is either a man or who wasn't a woman of color. And I was like, you know what? When I come up, when I'm there, when I make it, I hope that along the way I've made space for more people that look like me. 
Mm, I just got chills when you said that because I feel that way in so many respects too. And just even seeing other women of color showing yeah, up right? brands, like it just gives me chills and it gets you me just so excited. Stand up and go like, yes. yes. Yes, I do. Because I remember being little and not only never being able to imagine that I'd be on stage, but never imagine that I'd see other women like me doing the same thing. So I love how you touched on that. I definitely have chills right now in the closet, <laughs> but I also really love in your physical that. closet. Okay, yes, in a physical closet. <laughs> this isn't a metaphorical closet. <laughs> no metaphors here. But I also really love that you were just super humble and talking about how you've gotten into, you know, quote unquote, public speaking, because it has been the same for me. I get questions about it all the time. And I'm like, honestly, my speaker reel, quote unquote, are my stories, my IGTV videos, my lives. Like I've even booked, you know, speaking gigs from live streams. So I feel like Instagram is the best way to kind of build your speaker portfolio and get really confident with your expertise. Because I remember, you know, back in the day, quote unquote, when I was so scared of being on stories, it was because I was afraid of not feeling or sounding like an expert. But once you kind of get over that and you kind of step into like, actually, I am an expert at this and I actually really, really like it. Then it does make speaking so easily. Like I was even talking to my partner the other day. I was like, I don't even feel like I need to over practice my presentations at this point because I live, breathe and sleep IGTV and Instagram stories and and everything. And you probably feel the same way. Oh yeah. I don't practice my talks. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, I can literally stand up and talk about it for hours. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. um, but I will say it for anyone who's listening, if they want more tangible, actionable tips and strategies and they need a coach, my really good friend, Jam Gamble, she's known as the slayer of the mic. So she has masterclasses, online courses, and a ton of Instagram content to help people find their voice. So her Instagram is at I am Jam Gamble, J-A-M-G-A-M-B-L-E. She's my go-to. She also helped me with a keynote that I had to do. So whenever someone asks me about public speaking, she is the queen of it. Awesome. We will definitely link that in the show notes because the more we can learn about speaking, definitely the better. So that's an awesome resource. And we were kind of talking about speaking, which kind of leads me into thinking, I'm curious if you are an introvert or an extrovert and how does that affect your networking? Like, are you really you know, good at networking and just like a natural pro at it? Or is it something that you kind of get nervous about? That's a great question because I'm an introvert. Okay. And a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people might think I'm extroverted, but we have to clarify that introverts, and this is how I identify as an introvert, I get my energy from myself and Mm -hmm. being by my, like just by my lonesome. So right now, while recording this, we're in quarantine and I'm living my best life because (laughs) this is what I do (laughs) all the time. And I really like, yeah, I really like spending time on my own. But as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as someone who speaks and attends these events and has been on stages, you get inundated with people's questions and they want to meet you and they just want to hang out and talk. I'm going to be honest with you, events are really ex- emotionally exhausting for me because I want to help everyone. I'm also an advocate on the, is it the, the Briggs test? 
Mm-hmm. Have yes. you ever done that? I haven't. No, but I've heard it's a good one to take. Oh, you have to do. It. I'm an INFJA, which is an advocate. So all okay. I want to do is help people. Mm, that's super interesting. <laughs> yeah. And knowing that I try to limit how I schedule events. And I know that even when I do my workshops, I know, and I've learned this by doing is the, the day after I can't do anything. Like I have to go dark. I just have to be by myself, poolside on a beach in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Like t- I take one day off from social media and then I'm ready to go the next day because I have to recharge yeah. um, my batteries because it takes a lot out of me when I'm running workshops or even if I do events and I hang out after and you're at the party and you have a few drinks and then you just end up sitting there listening to people's stories, which I love because it's a learning experience for me and I'm like gathering all this data from my community. But as an introvert, I've also learned that I have to protect my energy and really set rigid schedules and timelines leading up to the event as well as after the event. Mm, Yes, I have become the exact same way where like the evening or day before and then the day after, like I have to recharge. And even we were talking about Alt Summit, for example. Oh God, what was that like? Yeah, exactly. So it was Sunday through Friday. And I was speaking on, of course, the last day. So I'm like, I need to be just super conscious. And I was jet lagged. Like I was a mess. And I was like, literally the night before I went to bed at like 6pm. <laughs> that was my way. I was like, I could be networking, I could be going to events, I could be doing all these things. But I know to be able to serve in all the ways that I want to, I have to rest right now. And I feel like it's just really great to be aware of kind of like what an introvert and extrovert actually means. Because maybe for like an extrovert, like going out and networking is actually going to give them that energy to then give back um, when they're speaking the next day. But I love how you kind of highlighted that rest really makes you a better speaker. Yeah. So for me, I differentiate extroverts as someone who finds energy and power and joy from other people and being in groups of people. Whereas an introvert is usually someone who needs their downtime and they like to be alone and they recharge by, you know, taking a solo trip Mm. or spending an evening in with like bathtub candles, books, Netflix. Like for me, that's a dream. Mm -hmm. So yes, I might be very talkative and I'm great at networking because all I want to do is tell people about my business. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm an extrovert, but there's a very different definition that I think people kind of get confused. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I I love just one thing from chatting with you today on the podcast is you can just tell how obsessed and passionate you are about your business and your brand and what you do. And I feel like you have to be as an entrepreneur, like to get through those ups and downs, you have to be just obsessed with what you've created. Yeah. Well, thanks. I'm really happy that comes through verbally because oh, it does. I am obsessed. Like what I learned and honestly, what I'm put on this earth to do, bigger picture, my purpose, my strategy, my passion is to help other business owners be successful. And I've been so blessed to create this tool that when I tell you, I just sat down and it flowed out of my brain. Like I blacked out, you know, that, you know, that scene in old school with Will Ferrell, that was me. That was me coming up with the content planner. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. 
And now to have this tangible thing that people can hold and write in and use to change their business, it's so satisfied for me. Like I feel very grounded and centered with what I'm doing. And this is only the beginning. I'm like only at 15% capacity. There's so much more that I have to do and there's a lot more work to be done, but I'm really, really thankful for the content planner and all the doors it's opened up for me so far. Oh, I just absolutely love that. And I can't wait to see where the content planner goes in the next few years. And I, I really just want to end off our time by talking about why inclusivity is just so important at conferences, in events, in the online space in general, and how can we support diversity, especially for women of color in these settings? That, yeah, that is a really important question. And it's something we all need to talk about more. The reason why I think inclusivity is so important is because we need to hear from every kind of person. We can't just hear from one person, the same story over and over again. That's like going to a library and checking out the same book every single time and saying, yeah, I'm really well read. I know everything about everything. Like you don't. And it's not a true reflection of the world. The world is filled with different races and cultures and backgrounds and diversities And we all need to hear those stories because it's how we feel more connected. Instead of creating all these different divides and having this we versus us mentality, by hearing other people's stories, regardless of their background or what they look like, you can automatically have that connection and say, oh, like, wow, I'm struggling with that too. And you're halfway across the world. Now I feel more connected to you. And the way that you can have you know, more diversity and inclusivity at your events is your crowd should be colorful. Okay. Like a rainbow. Yes. (laughs) You can't just have one kind of person in your crowd. Your speaker lineup should be diverse. Your Instagram content should be diverse. You should try harder to get women of color on the stage period, because we need help. Like we have to go through a few more barriers than a lot of other women because there just hasn't been space for us before. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like if I have to be the only person at an event that looks like me, I'll be that person. Put me yeah. up there, like tag me in coach. I'm ready. So we just need a little bit more help when it comes to getting on those kinds of stages. And it would be really, really great if the organizers of the events could, you know, put in a little extra effort to have marginalized communities represented because we haven't had the funding, we haven't had the opportunities. And I feel like we've been quieted for so long, we just haven't been acknowledged. So now that this shift is happening, which I really, really love, it's getting that extra boost from your people and getting a helping hand every once in a while. That's that's the best advice I can offer. Yes, I think that's amazing advice for everyone that's listening, no matter how, you know, what color they are, what they, how they walk. It really can speak to them, I think. And, and it's really exciting to see how the online space and, and events will really grow to be more diverse because I think we've already seen a huge transformation. And I just want to thank you so much for showing up today for this episode and, and sharing your experiences and your knowledge. And I'm excited for you to share where people can learn from you, connect with you, get your planner and come to your events. Yeah. And first of all, thank you so much for having me. And I'm really proud of what you've built and 
it seems like we have the same purpose, which again, an example of why you need to share your story. Yes. Because yes, I've never met you in person, but I connected with that on such a deep level. So yeah. first of all, thank you for having me. Thank you. Second of all, yeah. Second of all, you can find me on Instagram at the content planner and I share free tips, tricks, and training all about content marketing and content planning. And then you can get your content planner at thecontentplanner.com. And if you want to attend an in-person workshop, you can find out more details at workshop.thecontentplanner.com. Perfect. We will share that in the show notes. And thank you again, Kat. It was so fun. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to today's expert guests for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps for our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.